That's me. We're here with another episode of Ghost Emoji. Did you miss us? I'm sorry that we didn't record last week. I was supposed to handle the research and uh, I fucked up. <laughs> it happens sometimes. We're we're back now. I just, I got too ambitious and I think I did it again, but this time I just finished it and I said, whatever, <laughs> whatever I'm doing whatever it. Whatever happens, happens. Uh-huh. So, good times. So today we're talking about Oregon. Mm, sweet, delicious. Oregon. Yeah, not Oregon, not the state. No, no, no. We're talking about Oregon. <laughs> I like you keep saying Oregon, be like, not that one, but the other one. I don't. The I don't know one. what org. I didn't know what Oregon was until you told me at Friendsgiving. So I would not fault anyone listening if they don't know, and if they do know, it could go one of one of two ways. You're gonna be real mad at the end of this, or you're gonna be like, "Yep, that's yep." I told y'all about Oregon. I told you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's a. Thing that I found out about after watching, um, because I don't know if, maybe I've talked about it. I think I talked about Crystal Lives on an episode, but basically on Instagram, they're people who sell, like, crystals, and a lot of the time, they're part of the metaphysical community, which I don't necessarily prescribe to. I'm more just really like shiny rocks. She's like a crow. <laughs> I just love rocks. I love shiny rock. Um, Every time I go to Becca's house or we're like out on the town, she just has a crystal live, like a QVC, just playing on her phone with someone talking about their their beautiful stones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a very specific pastime. It is. It's really hard to talk about because it sounds real stupid. And it is. And that's why I love it. And you can't hurt me because I already know it's dumb. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, anyways, I've watched enough of them. And there are some things that I have like gleaned from watching them. And one is that people are willing to pay a stupid amount of money for shiny rocks found in the dirt. And two... People are willing to buy anything that they think will make them feel better, i.e. shiny rocks you find in the dirt that claim to have metaphysical properties. So the other thing is this thing called Oregon. Oregon is not an actual rock. Oregon is basically... Trash. It's garbage. <laughs> it's fucking garbage. And they put, like, pieces of gold leaf or copper and, like, tiny bits of crystals. Like, they'll have, like, a moonstone one, and it's got layers of, like, moonstone and then gold leaf and then moonstone and then gold leaf and then a really ugly, like, copper spiral in the center of it. And it's in the shape of a pyramid. It kind of looks like someone took what was left over from like an old fish tank they took the gravel they took some of the mm -hmm. weird mm -hmm. decorations and shiny bits that are there for the fishies r.i.p fishies whatever happened to you you don't need these gravels anymore we're putting them in resin and we're selling them on etsy for five hundred dollars <laughs> <laughs> they i just I, i've seen them in lots of different forms i've seen pop sockets i've seen Shungite stickers, which I don't know how that What's works, a but Shungite okay. Shungite sticker. 
it's a type of rock and it's supposed to like, it supposedly helps like prevent you getting, what is it, EMT, whatever protection from ghosts, radio waves coming from your pewter. I don't, I've, I don't actually care. So I've never really looked into it. So I don't completely understand it, but it sounds fake. So anyways, these Oregon pieces are one, not very cute. I mean, if they're your thing, then that's fine. I, you know, I'm sure that I have plenty of things in my home that you would look at and you'd be like, that is garbage. What the fuck is wrong with you? However, I hate these because I think that it's snake oil. So after seeing this and seeing like charms, uh, pyramids, spheres, different shapes, different sizes, different colors, all ugly, uh, I wondered where the fuck has this come from? Like, who made this up? Because someone, some white man made this up. I can feel it. I can <laughs> fucking feel it. And I was right. I can feel it in my white bones, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes. That I've contributed to I can feel to it this. in my German white bones, and I'm so sorry. Actually, he's not German. He's Austrian, so it's different. Anyways, <clears throat> so begins our journey into the discussion of Orgon and all of its many mysteries. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm strapped in. I've got a seltzer. I've already eaten. You can't hurt me. <laughs> Don't be sure. <laughs> Don't be so sure, Taylor. <sighs> so, originally proposed in the 1930s by Wilhelm Reich, an Austrian doctor of medicine, psychoanalyst, and a member of the second generation of analysts after Sigmund Freud, Orgon is a pseudoscientific spiritual concept described as the universal life force and the basic building blocks of all organic and inorganic matter on the material planet. No big deal. Okay. <laughs> so, <clears throat> in 1939, shortly after immigrating from Austria and arriving in New York, Reich first said he had discovered a biological or cosmic energy, an extension of Freud's idea of the libido. He called it Orgon energy or orgon radiation and the study of it, orgonomy. Reich said that he has seen orgon when he injected his mice with bions. What's a bion? It's something he made up. <clears throat> and in the sky, it, listen, there was a whole thing on bions and I thought about entering it. And I honestly just at this point, I was so tired. I didn't want to. We've just started. I, this, let me, it's. So much. Anyways, so in the sky at night through an organoscope, a special telescope, he argued that it is in the soil and air. Indeed, it is omnipresent and it is blue or blue gray and that humanity has divided its knowledge of it in two. Aether for the physical aspect and God for the spiritual. The color of the sky, the northern lights, St. Elbow's fire and the blue of sexually excited frogs are manifestations of Orgon, he what? wrote. He also argued that protozoa, red copskill... Corp corpuscles, cancer cells, and the chlorophyll of plants are charged with it. Okay, so one of these things doesn't quite fit. What about these sexy frogs? I don't... Okay. So a lot of the organ stuff, at least when he came up with it, it was about like fixing your libido or curing cancer or like curing your energy or any ailment that's wrong in your body is because your organs are fucked up. Okay. He also tried to control the weather with them. Taylor, I don't under, like, you don't understand. This is, I had to construct it. This wasn't constructed, like, linearly. This was constructed from a million different places of people just spouting random bullshit. It was wild. 
Oh, oh man. Buckle up, babies. I'm restrapping myself in. I was strapped in. I got up <laughs> and I had to take a walk. And now I'm back and I'm, I'm restrapped. This is, this is a lot. <laughs> and that was all just in one year. That was in 1939. And now we're in 1940. Oh my God, Taylor, you don't even understand. 1941 is going to blow your fucking mind. And we're not even there yet. Oh God. <laughs> we still got till 57 when he dies, baby. We got lots of time. Oh. All right, so I guess we'll start with 1940, before before we mm-hmm. kill him. Um, in 1940, he began to build insulated Faraday cages, organ accumulators that he said would concentrate the organ. The earliest boxes were for laboratory animals. The first human-sized, five-foot-tall box was built in December 1940 and set up in the basement of his house. It was a six-sided, plywood-lined box. Sounds like a coffin. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Of alternating layers of organic materials rock wool to attract energy, and metallic materials, like sheet iron, to radiate the energy toward the center of the box. And it had a chair inside and a small window. Lovely. Thank God. (laughs) Uh, The boxes had multiple layers of these materials, which caused the organ concentration inside the box to be three to five times stronger than in the regular air. Cool, cool. That's what Reich Mm -hmm. says. Uh, Mm -hmm. Patients were expected to sit inside them naked, Fully nude, f- fully nude, and absorb <laughs> Oregon energy through their skin and lo- their lungs. Okay, well, breathing. Okay, so just through your skin and through your lungs. All right, so like the regular way, and then an extra, extra way. Mm-hmm. That's why you got to be naked. Mm-hmm. Is this a Kojima video game? That's why you can just put pills on your naked skin and you absorb them. Mm, I'm gonna try that. That's how that I'm works. Try that. <laughs> Uh, So the accumulator allegedly had a healthy effect on blood and body tissue by improving the flow of life energy and by releasing energy blocks. Interesting. And you know what? Pretty smart guy to say that it improves something that cannot be measured and is essentially just not quantifiable. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not the only person who came up with these kind of theories. Like, they were very popular, especially at this time and even now. Like... A lot of it is interchangeable. Uh, there were a bunch of examples, but this was so long that I cut them. But there was like, um, I don't remember them, but there were a lot of examples that were very similar. It's just not quite as like bananas. It was more like, oh, there's, you know, everything has energy and we all share it and we're all part of the world. And I was like, I mean, yeah, that seems I could get behind that. Okay. But then he was like, you can measure organs, and also if you sit in this box, it'll heal you. And it's like, okay, well, you lost me. And you gotta be naked. You got, and you gotta be you naked. You gotta get all your, your organs out if you want the organ on your organs. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he used the accumulators and tested on plant growth and mice with cancer. Reich uh, wrote to his supporters in July 1941 that organ is, quote, definitely able to destroy cancerous growth. This is proved by the fact that tumors in all parts of the body are disappearing or diminishing. No other remedy in the world can claim such a thing. End quote. Although not pra- licensed to practice medicine in the United States, he began testing the boxes on human beings diagnosed with cancer and schizophrenia. Uh-huh. Uh, so my, my brain and my heart hurt. Those people who really need help. Yeah, that's that's the thing that's insidious about stuff like this is it preys on people who are vulnerable, who may not be able to afford like expensive medical things, and it's 
sold to them as like, yeah, this is going to heal you. This is going to cure you. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. Like, (sighs) but so in 1941 or 1940, actually, he wrote Einstein a letter. And because at the time, you know, it's, it's like right before World War One is, well, I think World War One is happening, isn't it? Yeah, or is it we, right before it we happens? We didn't really get involved until um, 1941 in the U.S., I think. Yeah. But I, I want to say that it was, it was already going and we were like, hey, let's maybe, we'll try not to get mixed up in this one. And then we did, so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was like, I know it's in the 40s, but I don't, I'm not good at history. So, um, anyways, he contacts Einstein and tells him about all of his organ theory, his theory about like energy and stuff. And he says he's proved it and he has these accumulators that whatever. So in 41, Einstein invites him to hang out. He's like, yeah, sure. Let's talk about it. So they talk for five hours. Reich leaves him an accumulator and Einstein does tests on it for like 10 days. And he's like, this is just changing depending on like the moisture and temperature of the room. It's not actually doing what you say it is. Cause I think the reason he was testing it was because, uh, it was something to do with developing a, the bomb. And he thought maybe that if it had, if it could create energy from nothing or was it energy from like something that could change temperature without anything affecting it, like without the temperature actually changing then that could create a bomb. I, I don't remember the specifics of it, but anyways, he was like, this is fake. Sorry, dude. And Reich was like, no, 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 it's not. It's not. It's not. And he spent like, it's. I think it said he wrote him like a 25 page letter being like, no, it's real. And Einstein was like, bench no. <laughs> so I just feel like if Einstein said no, the FDA said no, I, I don't think it's real. But then in 41, he gets arrested it's like two or a day or two after um, the attack on Pearl Harbor, he gets arrested and he's taken in, I think, under suspicion of communism. And they find like a couple of things that aren't great to have on you, uh, like Mein Kampf and some other like things that I don't think it was a communist manifesto or anything like that, but just books kind of that implied maybe like... He was a fascist? I don't know if he was actually a fascist, because the thing is, they actually got him mixed up with another man named Wilhelm Reich. So they pulled in the wrong person, which the FBI has like on their website, basically like he was wrongfully like accused of being a communist. So he was released after three weeks, but that's just like a tidbit. But after that, they kind of like kept an eye on him for some reason. I think just because he was doing so much like weird pseudoscience psychoanalyst stuff. And then a lot of it was about sex. And so it's the fifties. It's like a mixture of like red scare and fear of sexual revolution or whatever. And maybe he was a fascist. I don't really know. I didn't find anything. So I don't feel comfortable saying like, yes, he was or no, he wasn't. So don't know. Wait, was he in Austria or was he in America? He was Austrian, but he was living in America by this time. Oh, okay. Okay. He left in 39. Good idea. Mm-hmm. So that's just a sidebar. Just a tiny sidebar. It's it's kind of big, but... Mm. Okay, so the Cloudbuster. Huh. Um, beside the Orgon accumulator, the naked nude box, um, mm-hmm. he also developed a device called the Cloudbuster, which supposedly could influence weather by alternating levels of atmospheric Orgon. 
Um, there's actually a Kate Bush song on the album Hounds of Love called Cloud Busting that references Organ- Organon. What's Organon? It's a, a research facility that he developed. He bought like a big plot of land and basically named it Organon. Okay. I was started reading that and I just wanted to sing to it like uh, like that Rihanna song. Organon. Was when it- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, the research facility and the subsequent arrest and incarceration of Reich through the eyes of his son, Peter. Interesting. I didn't know that that was what that song was about either. I didn't either. But the first, like, the first lyric of the song is, I still dream of Organon. And I was just like, what the fuck? I have listened to this song a thousand times and I had no idea that she's talking about the guy who made up Organ. Oh, great. That's a, that's a deep pull, Kate. I mean, it's in line with her, like, I'm going to reference this random, bizarre deep cut. Good luck figuring it out. Uh, so, uh, in 1951, Reich said that he had discovered another energy that he called deadly organ radiation, or door, door, mm-hmm. accumulation, um, of which played a role in desertification. He designed a cloud buster, rows of 15-foot aluminum pipes mounted on a mobile platform, connected to cables that were inserted into water. He believed that this could unblock organ energy in the atmosphere and cause rain. The cloud buster or whatever was basically described as an organ box turned inside out. So instead of being naked on the inside, you get naked on the outside, right? I don't think so. <laughs> I hope not. It's like, Taylor, please stop fixating on the, the nudity. Um, he conducted dozens of experiments with the Cloudbuster, calling his research cosmic organ engineering. During a drought in 1953, two farmers in Maine offered to pay him if he could make it rain to save their blueberry crop. Reich said the Cloudbuster, or Reich used the Cloudbuster on the morning of uh, July 6th, and according to Bangor's Daily News, based on an account from an anonymous eyewitness who was probably Peter Reich, is that his son? Mm-hmm. Okay, rain began to fall at evening. The crops survived, the farmers declared themselves satisfied, and Reich received his fee. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. What are the chances that it just rained? And could he do it again? You know, Taylor? These boxes do it all. Mm -hmm. Peter? Don't they? Peter, you lied. Peter, we know you lied. Stop lying, Peter. Peter Peter loves his dad. And Peter, we all you know love I your dad. That, but... Becca especially just can't get oh. enough of your dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Becca's like, please, please stop. Uh, I literally titled one of these, nobody like him. <laughs> and by nobody, I mean I nobody, don't like him. Nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody likes your dad. He was involved in some stuff that I'm just like, I, you know, I don't like this. And then also... I don't know if he was fascist, but I it worries me. Anyone who has Mein Kampf in their bookcase, I'm just like, why? <laughs> why? 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 <laughs> why? Wow. Doesn't automatically make you a fascist, but it gives me pause. Mm-hmm. I'm pausing. <laughs> it gives me pause. Um. So this next part. Uh, there's a content warning because there's child sexual abuse and we don't have to go over it explicitly, but I can summarize it a little bit. So 
Reich established the Organomic Infant Research Center, the OIRC, in 1950 with the aim of preventing muscular armoring in children from birth, which he developed this thing called uh, vegetotherapy, which is basically you essentially like hug your patient really hard or like touch them. And a lot of the time he would have like his male patients stripped down to their shorts and his female patients like stripped down to their underwear. And then he would just like hold them really tight in weird positions and stuff, which sounds creepy and not good and also unprofessional. I would say it doesn't just sound creepy and unprofessional. I think I would go as far as to say it is creepy and unprofessional. Yep. Yep. You nailed, you nailed the head on the, the, you know what I mean. Anyways. I nailed my own head. I chopped my own head off so I don't have to read this. (laughs) Goodbye. So, anyways, the the whole, like, vegetotherapy was supposed to be like, feel your feelings, I'm hugging you really tight. But a lot of the time he would end up, like, the or the other therapist would end up hurting people because they're holding them so tight. Especially kids, because kids are fragile. What's muscular armoring, though? It, it's supposedly, like... Something to do with organs and emotional armor that you put on yourself and he's physically okay. taking... So don't, it's made it's up. I thought maybe up. it was something where like, you know, like your muscles become like rigid or something like that. But it's just made no. up. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So meetings were held in the basement of his house in Forest Hill. Apparently, several children who were treated by these OIRC therapists later said they had been sexually abused by the therapists, although not by Reich. Uh, one woman said she was assaulted by one of Reich's associates when she was five. There was a lot of nudity, and he would, like, judge where their blockages were, which kind of makes me think of, like, the idea of, like, chakras and blockages you get in your chakras, which makes me feel like it's this white dude sort of, like, repurposing and being gross about a different, like, a religion, essentially, and, like, using it to be a creep, does that make sense? Uh, so Reich's daughter, Lori, uh, told her, um, the guy who did the biography that she believed her father was an abuser, although she did not say she had been abused by him, and she acknowledged that she had no evidence. She believed that Reich himself had been abused as a child, which is why he developed such an interest in sex and childhood sexuality. Apart from the allegations of sexual abuse, uh, several people discussed how the vegetotherapy had hurt them physically as children as therapists pressed hard on their body to loosen muscular armor. Reich's son Peter wrote in his autobiography, Book of Dreams, in 1973 about the pain this had caused him. Uh, Susanna Steig, the daughter of William Steig, the New York cartoonist, wrote about being pressed so hard during Reich in therapy that she had difficulty breathing, and she said that a woman therapist had sexually assaulted her. Also... Allegedly, a nurse complained in 1952 to the New York Medical Society that uh, an OIRC therapist had taught her five-year-old son how to masturbate. The therapist was arrested, but the case was dropped when Reich agreed to close the OIRC. So, not great. No. Really terrible. So, when does this guy die? Uh, We got five more years. Okay. Hmm. Okay, this is the part where nobody like him. (laughs) Nobody like him. We've been not liking him, but this is just, you know... Just making it clear. So um, his theories were not popular with the government or the FDA. His work with cancer patients and the organ accumulators received two very negative press articles written by journalist Mildred Brandy. One was called The New Cult of Sex and Anarchy and The Strange Case of William Reich. 
Um, him and his students were seen as a cult of sex and anarchy, and that's in quotes, at least in part because Oregon was linked with the title of his book, The Function of the Orgasm, and this led to numerous investigations as a communist and denunciation under a wide variety of other pretexts. He was, as the New York Times later put it, much maligned, and the psychoanalyst community uh, at the time saw his approach to healing diseases as quackery of the worst sort, particularly because of his comments about UFOs. Okay, so now we bring in the UFOs into it. <laughs> the injection had a serious effect on his mental health. Wait, what did he say about UFOs? Uh, it's going to talk about it, but in 1954, he has an injunction about basically preventing him from doing stuff. And so that's what leads to him sort of like taking a downfall into his mental health, which is he's you'll just read okay so the injunction had a serious effect on his mental health from at least early 1954 he came to believe that the planet was under attack by ufos or energy alphas as he called them this is like an alpha beta thing uh he said that he oh. saw them flying over organon shaped like thin cigars with windows leaving streams of black deadly Oregon radiation in their wake, which he believed the aliens were scattering to destroy the Earth. He and his son would spend their nights searching for UFOs through telescopes and binoculars, and when they believed they had found one, would roll out the cloudbuster to suck the energy out of it. Man, getting multiple uses out of this cloudbuster, huh? It's sad because, like, in the Kate Bush video, I don't know if it's just that a lot of people didn't have access to the information to know, like, he was doing creepy stuff like the OIRC and other kind of not great things, but it's viewed very much as, like, he was just this man who had these, like, fun ideas and whatever, and, and the government just wanted to punish him and blah, blah, blah. And it, it feels very much painted that way in a lot of the articles I read. Mm-hmm by people who are part of the pseudoscience community. Mm -hmm. And so it was very difficult for me not to just get irritated the whole time because it's like, I, you know, I can imagine his son and his daughter have conflicted feelings because I think they, from what I gathered from reading, cared about their dad. But he also did all this shit. So I'm just like, I, you know, I, I'm just reading facts. I don't know why y'all want to defend him so bad. Not his kids, but these people. Yeah, you can care about your parents, but if they leave a legacy like this or actively endanger or hurt people on a large scale because of their misheld beliefs, then you kind of, you have to hold them to it. No one's going to malign you for, you know, admitting that you love your parents Despite trying not to, <laughs> but you do have to acknowledge that uh, they're shitty. And I think they did. It's it's. I mostly just feel sad for his kids, just because like, what a fucking legacy to a fucked up legacy to leave behind. And then also like all the articles I was reading, it really painted him as this like sad man who just just couldn't catch a break, and he just he really cared about our health and the government. It's this whole conspiracy. The government is trying to keep us from being healthy by by keeping organ and other like metaphysical healing properties from us. Oh, boo -hoo. oh boo -hoo. I'm just like I don't I don't think so. I think they might be keeping like cancer treatments from us for sure. But there's lots of organ. <laughs> Trust me, I've seen it, and I don't I don't think they're keeping it from us. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, so his injunction and arrest. 
1954, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration successfully sought an injunction to prevent Reich from making medical claims relating to Oregon, which, among other stipulations, prevented him from shipping Oregon devices across state lines. In May of 1956, one of Reich's associates sent an accumulator part through the mail to another state in violation of the injunction after an FDA inspector posing as a customer requested it, which is fucked up. That's shitty. It's basically like tricking people into going to jail and breaking an injunction. So I think that that's part of why there's like a lot of conspiracy theory surrounding it where they're like, oh, he's just, you know... They, they just wanted to keep it from us. So we're representing himself during the hearing, which does not bode well. Like, what's that thing they say in uh, My Favorite Murder, where they're like, anytime someone is representing themselves, they're a sociopath, most likely. Um, <laughs> he admitted the violation, but pled not guilty and hinted at conspiracies. The jury found him guilty on the 7th of May, 1956, and he was sentenced to two years imprisonment. The Wilhelm Reich Foundation was fined $10,000. The accumulators and associated literature were to be destroyed. On June 5th, 1956, two FDA officials arrived at Organon to supervise the destruction of the accumulators. There were only three because the other, like, 50 had already been mailed out. Um, the FDA agents were not allowed to destroy them, only to supervise the destruction. So Reich's friends and his son Peter chopped them up with axes as the agents watched. Once they were destroyed, Reich placed an American flag on top of them. The agents returned to burn promotional material, including 251 copies of Reich's book. On November 3rd, 1957, Wilhelm Reich died in his jail cell of heart failure. All of this has led people to believe in a lot of conspiracy surrounding his death, ideas that he was ahead of his time, and knew something the government doesn't want us to know, and that's why they shut down his operation. And honestly, I mean, the 50s in America were weird and shitty, so maybe, I don't know, but maybe Oregon really can heal us with its libido-based universal energy source, but probably not. Um, I doubt it. (laughs) Sounds like a case of Red Scare combined with fear of sexual revolution, combined with a man who was taking advantage of people who are vulnerable. Yeah. And also maybe someone who is mentally unstable. Yeah. I am prone to believe that it might have been one of those things where they can't get you on the other stuff, but they can get you on this. So they're going to jail you on Mm -hmm. what they can. So if they are worried about him you know, being a communist, then they're, you know, it's like how they got, who did they get on like a tax fraud thing? One of the big gang guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, something like that. Whatever you got to do. It's like, we can't get you on the big stuff, but you did mail this, you know, this sex box or whatever. So we're going to grab that from you. Yep. So uh, it could be, but I doubt it. I really doubt it. No, I don't. I don't think it is. Present day, 2018, Etsy. Uh, Apparently in 2018, Etsy was pulling Oregon, scalar energy, and EMF protection items from shops, which led some people to believe that the government was trying to hide these healing devices from us, uh, when it really seems like they're regulating claims that things like EMF protection items in Oregon actually work and protect you or heal you from anything. One seller received this email from 
I guess from Etsy. Etsy. Um, these items were removed in accordance with a notice that we received from the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission, as well as Etsy's prohibited items policy. Etsy prohibits items that present an unreasonable risk of harm or that violate safety regulations. This includes, but is not limited to, radioactive items and nuclear materials. Okay, so, and upon them inquiring further, Etsy responded with this. Recently, Etsy was contacted by the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission requesting the removal of items presented as being made from or containing nuclear radioactive materials as well as items presented with qualities associated with nuclear radioactive materials. Examples including negative ion energy items, scalar energy items, and EMF protection items. So is this for sure from Etsy? Yeah. I mean, that's what she said on her blog that Etsy said that, but I mean... The thing is, I think she's assuming that they're saying that these are nuclear objects, but what they actually just said was uh, Etsy prohibits items that present an unreasonable risk of harm or that violate safety regulations. Mm-hmm. I took that as pseudoscience, like while seemingly harmless, couldn't be used to trick vulnerable and sick people into believing they don't need therapy, medical treatment, medication, etc. Yeah, that part makes more sense. It's the the bit about being contacted by the U.S. nuclear regulatory commission because if what they're selling isn't radioactive or whatever you know i feel like it's on the same lines of selling like weird oils or something like that and saying well if you take a couple drops of these a day your cancer will disappear yeah i mean it maybe maybe she's lying it's woowoowoman.com so oh was she for or against she she thought that this was Something that actually does work? No, uh, yeah, she she was selling the organ and stuff, and she was basically like, why are they, you know, pissed at me? Like, this is just crystals and resin and, like, metal. Like, there's nothing, you know, nuclear or whatever. There's nothing dangerous about it. And it's like, yeah, there's nothing dangerous about it technically, physically, but the way I read what they were saying was it's dangerous in that it makes claims Mm-hmm. to be something but i mean again it she was basically saying the whole theory of like they just they want to keep us sick and they want to keep us that uh, so mm, take that with a whatever you want i think orgon's fake and i think that it's snake oil oh yeah for sure it's not real it's a scam Especially when a lot of it is so expensive. If people are buying it in lieu of actual medical attention for real diseases and disorders, that's where I'm just like, this goes past buying pretty crystals or rocks and using them to kind of maybe de-stress. If you carry a, a rock in your pocket or you have like a worry stone that kind of helps keep you distracted when you're feeling anxious, that's fine. But when someone sells someone with cancer a bunch of crystals and is like, well, if you put these on your, you know, energy points on your body and you charge them in the moonlight, your tumors will shrink. That's when I just want to just knock them in the head because <laughs> yeah. it's taking advantage of a very sad and difficult time, especially if someone either can't afford regular treatment because you know, medicine and treatment, especially in the U.S., is so ridiculously over-the-top expensive. Mm-hmm. Or if they've just, you know, they've kind of done everything they can and they're at the end of the line. I don't know. Stuff like this pisses me off. <laughs> yep. 
pisses me off too. Because it's like, there's a difference between, like you were saying, like, being like, oh, I like these crystals and maybe they have properties and maybe they don't. I don't, hey, whatever. It's it's just a, a thing versus like making claims that it can heal you or help fix your depression or I don't know. It's just, it's reckless and it's dangerous and it's really fucked up. It can cause real harm. And that goes for all of like the mystical stuff. It, it can be fun, but... It's like a predatory fortune teller kind of person who mm-hmm. reads your cards and is like, well, you know, if you don't quit your job and move out wherever or pay me this much money for this amulet, you're gonna die tomorrow or your husband's gonna leave you or your kid's gonna get sick or, or something. There's there's fun stuff and then there's predatory shitty stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if anyone's like, you have a curse on you, but you can pay me $4,000 for this amulet or this trinket or whatever, and I'll remove it for you. They're lying. You don't have a curse on you. They're just a swindler. And they can go to hell. Yep. And I'll meet them there in the pit. We'll fight them. We're going to fight them for you. Them. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Oregon. Don't buy it unless you just think it's pretty. And that's, you know, your choice. Or I guess if it if you think maybe there's a chance that it's going to protect you from EMFs from your computer, you know, what's the harm? But please don't buy it thinking it's going to like... Kill your schizophrenia. <laughs> cure your cancer. Yeah, or cure your schizophrenia, because it will not. <sighs> it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. A lot of stuff on Ghost Emoji is a bummer, and that's why we have our fun wrecks at the end to help us feel better. Mm-hmm. What have you been doing this week that's just filled you with joy? So I started listening to this podcast. This podcast. Podcast. This podcast. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. <laughs> Get the chocolate ice cream. You don't listen to Futurama or watch Futurama. Why do I? Ugh. Anyways, so um, listening to Radio Rental. It's a podcast by um, what is his name? Uh, Payne something. Payne Lindsay. Payne Lindsay. Payne Lindsay. And it's basically kind of like a what's the word? Uh, it's like a collection of stories. An anthology. An anthology. Yes told by the people it actually happened to and it's either like kind of spooky stories or stories about you know they're running with like a serial killer or ghost stories or it's just or weird run-ins it's it's really good and it's creepy and it feels kind of like a cross between like tales from the crypt and unsolved mysteries Kind of, mm. because there's also like this, uh, he introduces it as kind of like he's a weird dude running a VHS like rental store. And so he does a whole like... Got a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a little bit. And sometimes it's a little much and sometimes you're like, this is good. But uh, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Takes it from just being a collection of stories to having a kind of interesting framing device for it. But it wrapped up season one and it was very good and I really liked it. So if you're wanting something kind of spooky and a little bit true crime mixed with a little bit of like... Paranormal. Paranormal. It's a good, it's a good mix. What about you? I finally finished We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. It's a really short novel, so it didn't even take me that long. I just... Whenever I would sit down and read it, I would just read a big, 
big chunk. It's I'm trying to feel like a good way to describe it without any spoilers. It is about these two sisters and their uncle, and they live in this big mansion that's belonged to their family, and they're near a town, but everyone in the town hates them and treats them really badly. You find out that a couple of years before the story started that there was a big tragedy in their family and the rest of the family is all dead. It's just them three left and it kind of gets into that. It does a really good job of instilling this feeling of dread. Like as you read, you constantly are waiting for something bad to happen, which can be a little bit stressful, but it's also like very straightforward, but pretty prose. So it's an easy read. It's fast. It's kind of got almost like a witchy vibe, even though there aren't technically any witches in it. But if you're looking for kind of a quick spooky read, then I would definitely recommend it. I know that there's a show for it on Netflix. I can't remember if it's a movie or a series, but I wanted to read the book before I watched it and now I can watch it. So I guess I'll re report back once I see it and see if it's if it's good, but I would definitely recommend that. I enjoyed it. I gave it like a like a 4 out of 5. I watched the movie recently. How did you like it? I liked it pretty well. It was weird seeing Bucky as a like that, <laughs> but otherwise the acting was really good. It was it also instilled that like feeling of dread. Mhm. Mm where you're just like, when is something bad going to happen cuz it seems like it's coming. That's an interesting casting choice. I didn't realize he was was in there. What's that actor's name? Mm -hmm. Stan something? Stanley something? God. Who plays Bucky Barnes? <laughs> Just from reading the book, I would not have pictured him as a casting choice. Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan. Okay. I was I was in the city. I wasn't really in the neighborhood, yeah. but I was yeah. I was in the region. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to check that out. If you want to check more of our stuff out, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Ghost Emoji Show, and you can email us at ghostemojipodcast at gmail.com with questions, comments, stories, suggestions. If you just want to say hello, we always enjoy saying hello back. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Play. Uh, if you want to leave us a review, we always appreciate it. A nice big five-star review. You can tell your friends and family. Just go on their phone and subscribe them to us without them knowing. And then it'll be like a little surprise. They'll open up their phone on the next Tuesday and be like, what, what is this? What is this delightful podcast that I found? And if they have Apple Podcasts, it'll like download all of our episodes. And they'll be like, what the fuck? Why do I have like 6,000 of this thing? <laughs> I know. We're coming up on episode 69. we got to think of something spicy to do. Nice. But yeah, I think that is going to do it for us. I guess thank you for listening. And until next time, always remember to say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.